You're now tuned into another episode of The Underground. Each week, we dive into what it means to create, nurture, and live in communities everywhere. This is The Underground with Ryan Moore and Justin Lon Carrick. Welcome, welcome to another episode of the Underground Podcast. My name is Justin, and I'm sitting here with Ryan. What's up, bud? Can't complain today. The Olympics um, is buzzing. Buzzing. Have you been ke- keeping up with it? A little bit. Um, you know, initially coming into it, I was a little bit kind of on the Olympics. Yeah. And then I started watching, and I was hooked. Like, within five seconds, I was totally invested in. I think the first thing I watched was the the this team figure skating event mm-hmm. and I was freaking out. Have you heard the, con- Oh yeah. The controversy yeah, the around 15 that? year old that has angina that took some medication and now she's going to maybe be disqualified. It's terrible. Yeah. Well, she's incredible though. No. Uh, <laughs> oh God. Well, okay. Well actually what's your family's take on it? Let's hear that. Okay. So <laughs> if you're not, if you're new to the Olympic and world sports uh, venue, the Russians are not allowed to compete under their own name. Because of right. multiple, 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 and again, multiple, <laughs> multiple in instances of doping. Yes. This medication that they've detected in her, they're saying it's um, like angina? Angina is, the, is the, the, the problem that she has that she needs medication for. So the medication that has been given to her pumps excessive amounts of blood to her heart. It is similar right. to what they give horses at the Kentucky Derby to make them run faster. <laughs> so there is a condition that requires this medication that she supposedly has. Yes, this angina condition. However, the solution is somewhat, it's not a PED, but it is somewhat of something that can enhance your performance, which the Russians are notorious for. Whatever gets banned, they tweak it a little and put the next like thing that's not going to get detected into you and then they keep rolling forward at coming from a figure skating background with my family like all the power to this girl she's put ton. she's 15 she's dedicated her life she's put this effort and all of this into it She's 15 years old and she's landing a quad that takes well, and, and, men who are 22, 23 years old. And, years and answer master. me this, because I thought it was very unique. I haven't seen anybody else do spinning jumps with their hands over their head like that. That's just a degree of technicality. That's uh, You get extra points for, for technicals. My sister would do some like that. Most skaters don't because it's not as easy. Well, or, that's sorry, the point. it's not as hard. Oh, it isn't as hard. Uh, it, it's harder. Oh, it's it, harder. It is okay. harder because then your center of gravity moves from your chest. Like imagine when you're spinning, if you pulled into your chest, you spin faster. Putting your hands above your head requires more strength. Right. Which is, again, everything I'm going to go back to here. She's 15 years old, and the level of strength that she had to pull these moves off was just suspicious. <laughs> and then it comes out that she's using a drug that pumps more blood to her heart. Right. Which then feeds your body more energy. Okay. So then the question becomes, do you feel bad for the skater or do you feel bad? Do you kind of look at it like, well, they're all, they're all involved because as as a 15 year old, like if if I went to my son right now and said, Hey dude, we need to start taking this stuff. Is she being bamboozled as a skater or is, is this the organization or what is it? That's where it gets just very shady and 
you know, it's it's very political because it's Russia. Um, Russia has a history of this. Russia. There's a great documentary on Netflix called Invi- Icarus. In, yeah. And they taught, they do a whole breakdown on how they were actually doping during the Olympics and during these things, how they were like trading blood samples through holes in the wall just to trade. It was insane. The whole and, thing is incredible. And they didn't stop. No. So that no, Icarus yeah. was where the first investigation started to launch this ROC, um, Russian Olympic athlete or whatever, yeah. ROA or whatever they're yeah, called. Yeah, yeah. But it's Russians time and time and time and time after again are testing positive for some sort of skirting <laughs> PED. It used to be all out yeah. steroids and PEDs. Yeah. Now it's some type of drug that will be, well, it's not on the banned substance list, but this can, we never realized that this can enhance your performance. Mm. So they're kind of messing around with things where the competitive advantage comes is other athletes take substances that will enhance your performance. However, they are FDA approved. They're graded. It's protein powders. It's creatines. It's all of these things that are have have gone through systems to vet you. The stuff that the Russians use haven't been vetted. Mm. They don't know what negative health effects they're going to have on you. Mm. Like you can imagine if you take a drug... If you don't absolutely need it and you take a drug that is going to pump your heart harder. Right. Like what, like that, this is where I feel bad for the girls because they do, there is a bit of systematic. If you watch that Icarus movie, there is systematic pressure to do it. And there is systematic pressure to represent your homeland, Russia, and then all these things. And back in the homeland of Russia, they don't, I'll give an example. My brother-in-law was coaching a, a Russian athlete. Um, she, um, changed her nationality to Canadian and she came over and she was living in like downtown Hamilton and she was calling it Hollywood. I'm living in Hollywood. Oh my God. Um, nothing against downtown Hamilton, but if you've been to Hollywood, you know that it's very different. And, but to her, like just the quality and standard of living over there, there's nice pockets in Russia, but if you talk to everyone, there are some sketchy spots and that's where these athletes are coming out of out of nothing and they're given this opportunity and all of a sudden the state government, like this is speculation. I don't know for sure, but just all to th- preface, just we don't to want fr- to be murdered by the Russian mob from the stories I've heard <laughs> from people who've been there. Um, you know, they, they come out of nothing. The state sponsored people come around and go, Hey, you want to live a little nicer? Let's get you going. You're doing pretty well at this sport. Here you go. Why don't you take this pill? There you go. And like, so the other thing is, I don't know who diagnosed her with her condition. I don't want to say she doesn't right. have it. If she does, I absolutely believe her that she does. But again, Russian doctors are. So really what I'm hearing here is you can take the athlete out of Russia, but you can't take the Russian out of the athlete. <laughs> it's pretty like it's, it's shady business over yeah. there. Like it's. Well, let's let's go to the positive. Canada's doing pretty well. We've got yes. a bunch of medals. The Canadian women hockey team are just rocking it right now. Yes. We're loving that. Yes. Uh, en- enjoyed the, watching them thrash the USA the other day. That was pretty fun. That was pretty fun, but the only thing I'll, I'll warn about with that is USA loves to Revenge. take those and just internalize it Revenge and story. just mm-hmm. absolutely fuel them. So Canada, you got to be mm-hmm. Canada girls, if any of you guys hear this, be ready for them. 
Yeah. You he pissed him off. Game. Good job. You guys did a played a good game. Good job. But you pissed him off. When it matters, when it really, really matters, they're coming for you. So That's for sure. That's for keep sure. your heads up. Well, let's get to our guest for today. We've got I, I listen, you know, we've talked we've had our guest on before, actually. Mm-hmm. Rick has been on before. He's awesome. But I think it was time for an update because we've been through so much in a lot of different facets. Um, a lot of people buying new pets, new dogs, and things mm-hmm. like that. So it'd be good to have another conversation with with Rick. But I think one of the most important things is Rick is a I don't want like I guess this is kind of he's like one of those small business survivors, yeah. right? Like he's a guy that has slugged it out through the entire pandemic and kicked its ass and turned his business into some, he's probably actually grown his business since the beginning of the pandemic yeah. just because of the way he's done things. So I'll very happily and comfortably welcome on Rick Allen from Otis and Allen. Rick, what's going on today, man? Gentlemen, thank you for having me on. Nice to see you. Nice to see you. Um, I think I wanted to bring you on because of the story that you tell and and the way your business has gone since the beginning of the pandemic. When we had you on the first time, we talked about dogs and we talked about, you know, how we should be keeping them, you know, clean and cared for during the winter, especially with the pandemic and everything going on and how we can't have groomers or there was groomers on, you know, out of work and stuff. More importantly now, you've been able to take your business and kind of push it to the next level from what I can tell. And, and, and the best part about it is you've been doing it with your wife by your side. Like the two of you have been working together to be able to create something amazing, which is one of the hardest things to do. I mean, I watched my parents do their thing and eventually get divorced. I've had my struggles with my wife on our team, but you know, we've also had that kind of sort of success story. I'd like to think. Um, But I wanted to just hit home with that and say like, you know, what, what are some of the things that have kind of pushed you to the next level? And what are some of the, how, how did you feel going into the, the next round of lockdowns and things like that? What did that do for you? And, and what kind of shifts did you make? Well, um, there was a lot, really. I mean, um, initially we were with a franchise, right? When the lockdowns happened, uh, when the first lockdown happened, we were with the franchise, uh, Park and Fitz. Um, right. And then during that, our contract came up with them. So, you know, we looked at how were, how are they helping us? Should we carry on with them? Um, are they helping us move forward and, and really pivot? But we found everything was delayed with them and they weren't helping us serve our community. We needed things to change quickly, like next day change quickly. I need a portable unit. I need to change my POS right. so that I can get out and serve customers curbside. And there was just not much of that happening as fast as we'd like. Um, I won't get into that too much, but we got out of our contract um, really smoothly and allowed to go under our own independent name, you know, and that kind of helped being independent. I always thought I was kind of independent anyway, but no, I was part of a franchise system, but now I realize, Oh no, I'm independent. People view me, view the store differently. Now we're just, my name's on it. Mm. Um, Yeah. So making that pivot from there allowed us to serve the customers better. Um, so, really so, so we, you, you couldn't have people in your store at the beginning of all this. What, like, I know you, you started adding delivery. Like how did that come about? Was it just like a no brainer? Like, Hey, we're just going to start delivering to people. What, like, what was that about? Yeah. So, um, people, we needed to make sure that we, we got, we could serve our community. So you have dogs, we have your dog food, uh, or your treats, your choose, whatever you may need, your grooming services, 
how are we going to make sure your pets are still being looked after and you can get your food when you need it? So, uh, yeah, it was a no-brainer. Come by, curbside. We're not going to miss a phone call. Um, you need us to deliver. Stay home. Stay safe. We'll come to you. We're already out in it anyway. So, yeah, making that pivot um, to just serve the customer better and more efficiently. You know, we got a website uh, up and running as well that was we just threw together just so people could go on and see the products in the store. What have we got? Uh, and allow them to buy it. So I'm a I'm a small business owner myself. My family and I uh, we own the pond in Burlington here in Ice Rink. And so what we did during this uh, uh, the first lockdown is we took it to make ourselves better. We we uh, renovated and revamped our entire arena so that when we did reopen, it, we were able to hit the ground running. You're a little bit different. You were able to actually still do business just in different ways while the lockdowns were happening. I don't know if people can remember, but for Burlington, us specifically the first lockdown, we weren't even allowed to walk through parks. They had bylaws stationed at parks. So you can imagine the, the feeling that was in Burlington and Rick was going out and doing delivery business with us. What we noticed is there are pivot to new type of programming through the the lockdowns and reopenings with limited numbers and everything like that it opened up a new avenue of business that we never even realized before with you you were doing delivery and stuff my question is do you guys see that that you have retained a lot of delivery business are you still doing delivery um how's that side of it going uh, no, we haven't retained a lot. We've retained a, a few of um, delivery customers. You know, we had offered it before, you know, just by word of mouth. Hey, we offer free in free delivery. You know, not too many people would take you up on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so now that you could go to the website and do it, we've retained some customers, but it has dropped off a lot. But now we've got somebody working on our website besides, you know, just Vanessa and I putting it, throwing it together. Now we've got a guy who's going to work on it and then that should generate uh, more traffic to our website and hopefully uh, more deliveries. Have you seen uh, much of a transition to to raw food? I know in my community Facebook groups throughout the pandemic, there was tons and tons and tons of questions on what are you feeding your dog? And a yes. lot of people, I'm a raw, I, I feed raw, Justin, I believe. Yeah, we're freeze-dried raw. Yeah. But raw. Yeah, yeah same, same with me, freeze-dried, but... Every like it just kept coming up. Raw food, raw food, raw food. What what's your stance on what to feed your dog? Have you seen a lot of people shift to raw food? I, I believe you guys sell the raw food. Yeah, yeah, for sure we do, and uh, there is a big switch to it because it really is the fresh food uh, for your pet. But um, what hinders us a little bit is we've been around. That store's been there sixteen years. So when we initially uh, opened that store, raw was not huge Mm -hmm. so we have three freezers behind the cash that are stainless steel you can't really see in them so you know we need to let the customer kind of know we have it um we like to think of ourselves as um you know getting people thinking about it getting people off the the grocery store food the onto a better food just think about what you're feeding your dog um and if raw interests you yes we're advocates for it we have a small selection but at least we can get people started in that direction uh, but honestly, eventually they probably just go to, uh, you know, go to a different store because we don't have a ton of it, but we do retain, we sell a lot of raw. Um, but yeah, but, you know, if we were to do a, a renovation, we put in a lot more freezer. So we're limited by what we have, but we've been there 16 years and, and just trying to get people to think about what they're feeding their pets with no pressure. And so when they walk in, um, you're, you're there, that was just a very good 
explanation on on raw the processes and um and what you're doing with it do you educate people on the raw food are you available to them to let them know because i know other stores yeah. you might come across a 14 year old teenager that or, or just a massive wall of yeah food that you're like what the hell am i doing here yeah yeah and there's so much information oh, on the internet so, so um, crazy yeah we're yeah, and if you get mixed views, you know, it's it's so uh, crazy on the internet. But, yeah, we're advocates. You know, we uh, suggest a raw food diet is the best of the best and then the next best thing, you know. Um, good quality kibble, freeze-dried raw, dehydrated uh, foods. Um, so, yeah, we are advocates for it. We try and pe- steer people that way, you know, no pressure. Um, but, yeah, think about what you're feeding your dog. There's certainly, there's certainly something to be said for the personality though. I mean, that's what you're getting when you get sort of small business, you're getting Mm -hmm. the personality of the owner. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that draws us to his store because, sorry, I'm talking to to your store. I should say, I'm looking at Ryan across the table and I'm, you're on the zoom. Um, but, uh, that's one of one of the things that draws us to your store is, you know, when we bring the dogs in, it's, there's always a liver treat in your pocket. There's always yeah. something exciting going on with the dogs. And, uh, and even when, when I just walk in, sometimes we sit and chat for 20, 30 minutes, you know, and, yeah. and that's part of the experience for me. It's like, I enjoy actually coming in because I can have that experience with you versus a box store where, you know, listen, like I love, I love the idea that box stores are there. They're there. I mean, we can't avoid yeah. them and they provide jobs for people and they provide what they provide. But at the end of the, the day, I don't have. Right. And, but at the end of the day, you know, the, the personalized kind of family experience is what you're getting at your store. So that actually brings me to the next point is, you know, I was, I would pick up stuff from your store during that pandemic and you had kids on one side of the store running around doing their thing. You had your wife at the back doing one thing. You were at the front grabbing orders and doing stuff there. Um, you know, walk me through what that was like. Was there any challenges? Did you run across anything? And the idea that you had to bring the kids to work because it's your own business. I mean, how crazy was that? It was crazy uh, in so many ways. I mean, uh, we were very grateful that we could do that. You know, Um, we could have the whole family there. No one could come in. So, okay, well, this is our classroom now. We could have the kids there, get them out of the house. Free labor. Different station. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Well, they're usually doing schoolwork. And then my boy's going around on a scooter around the store while I'm on the phone trying to serve a customer. You know, my wife's getting products and and ringing things in. Uh, It was pretty hectic. You know, and we had rearranged the store and moved everything to the front so people could see. Right. Um, so it was crazy. Uh, we, we were grateful that the kids could be there and do their schoolwork and hear us talking to other humans, you know, other part, members of the community. Um, but, you know, for me, I go to work. You know, that's my space. <laughs> yeah. My, I go to work. That's my space, my arena. Um, they're in it. You know, yeah. so now I'm uh, playing hockey with these guys on my team and I, they don't know what I usually do and how I function in the day. So it was tougher on me than I thought, man. Like he- I thought uh, it would be fun. Oh, it's going to be great. We're going to have the family at the store. We got a family business. Awesome. But then, you know, it was hard on me. I, I, usually have that separation. I go to work, go to work <laughs> yeah. from the family, come home, be with the family. Now it's all there. And then we go home with them again. There's that funny, uh, there's that funny TikTok that you're just reminding me. There's a, there's a TikTok out there and it's his dad 
beginning of the pandemic. He goes, you know, this is great. I get to spend a lot of time with my kids. It's so much fun. And then in the background, you hear a kid go, daddy. And then you just go, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's funny. No, I, I, I feel the same. I mean, we had our family at home and obviously my business is a bit of a home-based business with real estate. So no pun intended. Yeah. So no idea, like no, no problems bringing the kids home. Uh, same idea though. It gets to a point where the constant walking, as soon as you hear those footsteps down the stairs coming from their bedrooms where their computers are, you're just like, right. Oh, what now? Oh, like water, uh, snack, uh, what I've got to pee, uh, whatever. It's, it's just constant. So I get it. But was there anything that was it just a head down and let's get through it mentality? Is that what kind of got you through it? Yeah, pretty much, you know, because it would change so quickly. So, mm. you know, listen to the news. Uh, what's happening today? Okay, move the store. We're moving everything to the front because it's curbside only. Um, you know, how do we stay in business, serve the customers, and make sure that uh, money's still coming in? Right. Uh, you know, we were also very fortunate that uh, dog food is essential. So we were working, getting dog food. Um, yeah. but yeah, we just, yeah, head down, make the changes, make this work. You know, we have a responsibility really to our community, um, because we've been there so long for, uh, them that here's how you get your product. We'll make it easy for you because there's a lot of weird information out there. This is how you get your food. Don't worry, come get it or we'll bring it to you. Cool. Yeah, keep your head down and uh, make it work. What's the, what, so making a decision to actually have your wife come and work with you or work with you in the same business is, is a huge decision. And I'm not sure, I don't know the, the, the kind of, um, the process of how it came to be, or if it was from the very beginning, that's how it was. But, but I mean, what, what was that like? And, and how has that been for you? Because I know I, I've run into a lot of well, let's call it dudes because there's three of us dudes on the program yeah. right now um, that say, you know, oh, I love going to work because I get away from my family, I get away from my wife, you know, da, da, da. Yeah. And then I have the other side where it's like people are like, you know, I love working in a home-based business or a small business with my wife because I married my wife to spend that time with her. And, you know, I'm more that, who says that? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm more the I'm more the second one, although there are moments where I would have preferred the first one. So I'm like, you know, I kind of flip-flop, but I think at the same time, like, maybe we have to be grateful for the fact that they're there all the time and that we've chosen to be with them. What was that like for you? And how did that kind of play out? Well, I do like my time, you know, and that's why I like going to work and doing my time thing. But um, we had no choice really, you know, Uh, and thank goodness for Vanessa to be there because without her, we'd have closed. Right. Um, So we need to, we needed to come together as a team. She'd always work the back end uh, stuff for the store uh, and, and did a little bit out front as well. But yeah, we didn't have a choice because there's no staff now. It was just me for a bit. And then we realized, no, you know, now the kids have, are in out of school. So everyone's coming to the store now and helping it out, you know, and if the, we get really busy, then, you know, we're pulling Grayson or Ava off school. <laughs> hey, come get that dog food, bring this in. Um, so yeah, we didn't have a decision, just made it work. Uh, and thank goodness we did, you know, uh, yeah, Vanessa has been a huge help for sure. Uh, but yeah, it's hard to have that dynamic with her at the store and then come home again and, and be with her again. And then wake up. separating those two things has been a major challenge for me and our family. I'll tell you right now. So you're, you're sitting at the dinner table and now you're having business discussions when you really should just be at the dinner table, having dinner and enjoying each other. 
because everything kind of melds and meshes into one conversation ongoing. So that's one major thing. But I think the other thing that we found is, you know, building a process that allows us to um, function within our zone of genius, right? Like, like Rick is a, an incredible people person and loves to talk to people and be with the dogs and so on. Your wife is a back end, loves the loves all the the, the numbers and the stuff like that, and can work the yeah. back stuff like that. And then you build the zone of genius around those things, and that's what we've kind of done with our business. And I feel like, although your wife is very sweet and I actually enjoy talking to her too, so it's not like she's not yeah. a personality. But you know, um, uh, it's just one of those things where I feel like you you've you seem to have found that balance with that in the store whether or not we see it in, you know, what we see back behind the scenes or whatever, but it, it's been really, it's been really an interesting transition for us to see your family grow in that store. It's really fun. Have your kids learned a lot? Is that, is that part of oh, it? Huge. You know, the kids have learned a lot. Like both kids can run the cash. And take nice. Money now, nice. You know? um, not only that, they, they weren't stuck in the house. So, you know, we've always worried about our kids um, mental health, right? Uh, being in these lockdowns, not seeing people, not socializing. So this, having them there, they heard us socializing. They could socialize as well. So um, it was great to have them there for that. So they've learned the store. They've probably learned things, you know, that I don't even know they've learned just by hearing us uh, converse with uh, the community. What? Uh, how old are they, your Grayson's kids? nine, my boy, and Ava's 12. Yeah. Um, so, and we've always, I had Ava coming in the store before we'd come her in like every other Saturday, I'd get her in mm-hmm. just to, uh, to learn to, you know, use the cash. And it was great for her socially too. And, and being able to talk to uh, anybody. Well, I can speak on a little bit of personal experience with that. I grew up, my, my dad built the arena when I was 10 years old. Um, and before oh. that he was always an entrepreneur. He was always going through entrepreneurial things. So my entire life growing up, he kind of always brought me into meetings with him. I always remember it kind of being like, why is your kid here? (laughs) But uh, I I sat in on meetings with him. I I watched him build his businesses. I watched him talk to engineers and architects, um, city code planners, bylaw people. And I watched all these conversations happen and I listened. Um, So through all that process, I feel like I have a fairly good like baptism by fire education in in business even though my schooling wasn't in business but a little bit in business but so what your kids are getting from from that experience I can just speak to personal experience at my age knowing what I know about business about taxes about rent about About talking to people about talking to people about creating that connection what um how to service a customer how to deal with a distraught customer like which customers are the ones that you know what let's just let them go which ones are the ones you know what let's fight to keep them here um there's like i'm not an expert i'm not perfect but i feel like by being around business my whole life it's kind of just second nature i always can we weave something into a, into a relationship that's going to create something for my business because of my experiences from childhood up. I ran the snack bar, just like your kids are running the cash register. I interacted with clients. Um, The reason I'm sitting here with Justin is because of these interactions. Right. So it's one, it's something that um, 
a lot of parents kind of took, I think, took for granted. You've, you've actually recognized it. What you just said, that's kind of sparked my idea in my head to talk about this was you, you, you're, you're, it just reminded me so much of myself. So uh, yeah, you're right. Your kids did get a very good education through kind of just by accident. (laughs) Well, and thank goodness too, because you know, my son uh, at nine, he's not staring at that computer screen for more than, mm-hmm. you know, three minutes. Then he's on to something else. Yeah. So, yeah. Know, giving him this practical education uh, will benefit him. Well, let's, let's be completely honest about our education system. I love teachers. Oh. I love teachers. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. And, and, and there's good ones and bad ones, just like there's good realtors and bad realtors and so on and so yeah. forth. But they are teaching people to be nine to five workers, little honeybees that are back and forth in and out, up and down. That's it. Right? right. That's what education teaches us. And in some respects, there's a huge value behind that. But the reality of life is that if you want to be an entrepreneur, it takes a lot more than nine to five. It takes a lot more than the daily humdrum of what you learn in school and crunching numbers here and there. Sales has nuances that is not teachable in a lot of ways. Right. right. So you have to get out and experience stuff like that. I've been an advocate for people, for example, working in restaurants and being servers in restaurants if you want to get into sales because that is like getting, like you said, getting thrown into the fire. That is getting thrown into the fire of sales. You will learn. The best servers and the ones I have the most respect for are the ones that ask me for an extra drink or something or an upgraded drink when I make my order. Yeah. Like, because they're the ones that have the balls to be able to do it. Do you know what I noticed? I went for dinner last night. And one thing that I noticed, if any servers are out there, any kids out there being servers, here's one little tiny thing that I notice when, when I'm paying, I pay a lot with cash. Always say, okay, let me get your change. Don't say, right. do you want your change? Yeah, yeah. That bugs me. <laughs> I, I know. That me bugs me. Let yeah. me tell you, no, keep the change. Yeah, yeah. Don't. Or just bring it. We, I always just brought it anyway when just I was a server. It. And then and then if they didn't take it, they didn't take it. It's fine. And then with your what well, yeah. you were saying with entrepreneurship, that one of my classes in university I took was entrepreneurship class. And, and what's sticking out is they taught me the spreadsheets. They taught me balance and, and sales. Um, just, just touching on it. But the one thing that my teacher instilled on me for entrepreneurship is find the answer. Here is how you find the answer. You right. will, you will not have all the answers, but find the person who knows the answer, find the book yeah. that has the answer, find the website that has the answer, yeah. vet your sources. Uh, entrepreneurship is just solution finding. Yeah. It's just literally like things happen. You find a solution. Things happen. You find a solution, right? That's really what it is. There's someone out there that will know the answer. Yeah. Find them. Yeah. (laughs) Find her. Yeah. Have you professional better than doing it than you are? That's my next question. So have you been able to leverage any of your stuff off onto other people in order to be able to have more time? Like you obviously time is an important factor. And and when I look at it, I'm like, okay, I don't know how to do taxes. I don't know how to do my car. I don't know how to clean my own. Well, I could clean my own shirts, but is there an ROI on that? Like, you know what I mean? Like, what what's the ROI on me spending time ironing shirts? So have you leveraged stuff at all? For sure, yeah. You know, not a ton, but uh, mainly, you know, I needed Vanessa more, and I needed her, yeah, I needed her more. So, okay, get it, we need an accountant now, right? That's huge. Um, you can't s- spend all your time, you know, doing our year-end together or our quarterlies. Um, you need to spend less time doing our back-end accounting um, stuff. So please push that off on someone. Plus, 
um, from there, you know, they're going to know things a lot more things than we don't about accounting in the business. So yes. that can allow us to tighten up whatever we're doing accounting wise um, to put more money in our pocket or put more money towards the business um, or leverage the business for some of our other expenses. So, yeah, getting Vanessa to get a, a, an accountant for us uh, helped a ton and allowed her to free up her time to spend more on maybe our inventory, uh, updating the website, uh, loading in product, things like that. There's a, I can't remember what movie it is, and I'm pretty sure it's, this is kind of funny. It's a, it's a I gangster. I always love your analogies. Well, it's a gangster movie. <laughs> if I'm remembering correctly, it's a gangster movie, and and the, I can't remember what movie it is, but the, the the line is, to be good in business, you need you need two good colleagues. You need a good accountant. And a good lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and if you have those two things, you can start pretty good business. You know what? That's not untrue. And I'll tell you right yeah. now, one of the other huge points that I'll make to the, to the listening audience, I almost said viewing audience because we're looking at a screen, but to the listening audience, uh, we hired a wealth management guy whose sole focus really is tax shelter. So your accountant's great because they know about tax law and how to, how to work your numbers to make it work. But there's also other tax shelters that you can have and you can find. People like us, Ryan, myself, and Rick, don't necessarily have benefits. Yeah. We'd have right. to buy them per se. So there's ways yeah. that you can actually write off benefits through your corporation rather than taking personal income in order to take your kids to go to the dentist, for example. So right. an accountant may not have that information. They may know about it, but may not know how to execute it. There's wealth management guys that can do that. So definitely like certain things like that that I've really found valuable this year. I At the beginning of 2020, I told this story before I hired a real estate coach and in through that process, yeah. I kind of realized, okay, I hired a, someone to teach me about how to run a real estate business, which most realtors don't treat their businesses like real businesses. They kind of, it's right. weird to say that, but it's true. Oh. Uh, and then as through that process, I learned, okay, well now I need a guy to teach me how to be efficient with my taxes. Now I need a guy to teach me how to be efficient with my money and what to do with it. Now I need a guy to teach me how to set up a corporation and multiple corporations properly to be able to manage all this stuff so that all those tax things we're talking about make perfect sense. And I'm not sued by anyone at any point in time and things are arm's length and so on and so forth. That's where the so, lawyer comes in. Yeah, that's where the lawyer comes in, <laughs> right? So, and we, we found a nutritionist to be able to help us with our food and stuff like that. So all these little pieces that the ROI on them, yes, I've spent money on them, but the ROI from them helping us has for, been insane. For, for anyone out there, ROI right. is return on investment. Return on investment, yes. Yeah. So, so I just look at it that way. So, and then even down to, you know, like, I'm sure there's people that groom their own dogs. But for me, that's not an option. That's just yeah. not going to happen. Cutting so your off. that's why I come to Rick and, and the, and the people at Otis and Allen, because they've got a great grooming center and they do great work for us. That's a little plug for you, Rick. There you go. Oh, thank you. We appreciate that. <laughs> um, the grooming was shut down for five weeks. Oh. We had to send our, when I had to send Krista home for five weeks, that was the worst. Because yeah. like, that's her livelihood. Yeah. And now, you know, that's when it got serious. Like, okay, now I'm standing in this store by myself. No Literally one's around. I don't have a groomer. I got no one coming in. Where are my people at? Like that hit hard. Yeah. And we're not grooming dogs. Have we not groomed dogs <laughs> for five weeks? Yeah. My dog, my dog's paws, he's a golden retriever. The, the inside of his paws were like coming out and like, I felt bad and I, I didn't, I felt so weird cutting it myself. People were like, why don't you just cut it yourself? And I'm like, I don't want to. Cause like yeah. he squirms. Yeah, 
and but yeah but if uh so any listeners from the burlington oakville area hamilton area if you ever been to the starbucks on appleby and dundas yes that's where otis and allen is it's it's right there uh right on the corner you're the corner unit yeah we're uh well uh, we're in the middle but on an end yeah yeah right on an l bend right like yeah yeah. yeah, I stare at Starbucks all day. You stare at all the people driving into Starbucks all day. Yeah, that's what you do. <laughs> oh yeah, and that was huge. You know, we get complaints about the Starbucks lineup, mm. um, but you know that plaza was shut down. It was me and Starbucks, really. I think there was, the Hasty Market may have been there at the time, but I'd come into work, and that Starbucks drive-through was to Applebee. Yes, <laughs> you know I couldn't park, but you know. Um, they saw people coming. They saw us functioning and working. So, you know, um, it was great that we had those eyes on us all the time when the parking lot was empty. I think this is just a story of perseverance and, you know, just a need to want to kind of grow a business for your family is what it sounds like to me. Like, yeah. And I mean, it really was, you know, there are just steps you'd have to take. It was just automatic. Okay. This is happening. Okay. Change. This is how we're going to make it work. This is how we're going to make it work. You're going to stop grooming. Okay. Well then we're going to email our MP, our mayor, you know, Rob Ford. We emailed everyone until finally someone gave and said, okay, if you're doing things that way, then you've got an exemption. And so before anyone else, we got to open up grooming a week before they released it because we fought for it to get people's dogs groomed. Cause you know, we have one groomer and a bather uh, and she was always booked before that mm-hmm. you know, two weeks out, maybe now, you know, two months out, she's booked now. Um, but I think that's because we made that transition. We picked up even more clients cause there was one more dogs. Plus the community saw that uh, we fought to get your dogs groomed. Um, because this is essential in our minds um, to have your dog shoe. And we know we'd, we would have been, we'll be backed up now, five weeks back, back, backed up. And dogs are, you know, getting matted mess and, and unhealthy, really. Yeah. Well, we just have a standing grooming appointment every eight weeks or something. Because if we don't, yeah. if we don't, we'll just never get our dogs groomed because that's how busy you are now. But again, yeah, that speaks to the we, testament of the, the work that you guys do, the effort you put in, the quality of the grooming for that matter, because Chris is a great groomer. She does great work. Our dogs look great every time they come out. And, um, and just like, like you said, like the compassion that you have for the dogs and, and for the, for the, the situation that we were in at the time that shone through, you know, cause there's a lot of people that have, have sort of stepped back and said, Oh, woe is me during this, yeah. which yeah. don't get me wrong. There's a lot of people that have been hurt by this pandemic and couldn't make any changes and couldn't make the necessary adjustments for whatever reason. But, mm-hmm. There's opportunity everywhere. And in your yeah. world, you were able to find it. You were able to dig and you were able to stand up for what you wanted and what you believed in and you did it. So I, man, I mean, gives me goosebumps thinking about it because this is the kind of story we want to talk about and promote. And well, I appreciate that. Well, you know, when it's a lot about the community too, cause mm-hmm. you come in, I have so many customers come in and I get to talk to, right. <laughs> um, and we chat a lot. So then when it's like, oh, now they're not coming in and you're not grooming the dogs. I'm like, I'm talking through my door that's open a crack you know, with my mask on. Yeah. Uh, was frustrating when, you know, we love the community. Part of why we like it is we get to sit and chat with people from all walks of life, all, the entire community. And we hear a lot of their stories, too, about the pandemic. Well, see, that right there, that's there are options out there when it comes to pet care, pet food. But right there is a separating factor, what you just heard. Yeah. Like, it's it's service and experience is is 
more than half the half the business and i think you're you're nailing it right if if you want the, the, the there's always a generic experience out there but i don't know i like to be i like to feel good you know you know that feeling when you walk into a coffee shop and yeah everyone's just kind of chilling and and you know the barista or whatever is sitting up there and they're they're like bubbly talkative and it's just a, a fun it just makes you you leave there feeling better than yeah. the hollow some other hollow experience Right. Asking where things are, having to go up and ask someone and they just tell you it's in aisle four, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, that, like I said, those star, those stores have a place, but the, the immensity mm-hmm. of them can be very daunting because mm-hmm. I've yeah. been in them and, and you don't know what's what. You really don't. Now you're reading labels and you're like, what the hell's on this label? And, the, the, you know, it just is what it is. Yeah. So, yeah. but uh, let me ask you one last question before we kind of head off and move on. But um, have you harness the power of, I know you have, but, uh, but have you taken social media on a little bit more and, and tried to speak to people that way? Did that help at all? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we get a lot of reach with the videos, you know, that I like to do. Um, I should do more of it, but you know, again, it's all our energy is being focused into the store right now. We don't have staff. So, yeah. you know, I like to be in a certain mind frame to do that, but absolutely, you know, harnessed social media. Um, because at the time when we were with, uh, the previous, uh, franchisor, you know, people couldn't see what we had. You could go to the, the main website, but I didn't, I had stuff. They didn't, they had stuff. I didn't, I didn't have everything they carried. No one knew what I had without looking in the window. So yeah, with Facebook, social media, I could put images of our products up with that. Uh, also allowed me to again, communicate with the community, a lot more than a crack in the, in the door. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now it, it takes, I should be doing more. I really we all, should. we all could be, don't worry. Mm-hmm. I, I get it. Yeah, February, February <laughs> is tough for me. It's kind yeah. of when I lay low, but you know, come March and that uh, we plan on doing more once our website's up and polished too, we can get that rolling. Well, there's nothing more exciting than pictures of really and video of really cute dogs. Yeah. That, those, uh, those tend to do well. Those tend to do well. Yeah. Uh, really cute. Yeah, and, Really cute dogs and Rick's glorious beard. That I is, will say it is, is a, it is a hell of a beard. It's a silver fox wow. beard right there. Look at that thing. The color tones. I, I, it's a winter thing, eh? I love uh, it. I wasn't going to do it because the mask. Last year I didn't grow my beard. I'm like, because the mask gets in the way. No one sees it anyway. But yeah. this year I, I pulled it out. Uh, no, it's very well, very well it. kept too. You you yeah. you know what you're doing. Well, you'll have to go down to Otis and Allen at the corner of Appleby and Dundas and Burlington to see this this incredible beard and the incredible specimen <laughs> that is Rick Allen. Rick, we appreciate your time today and. Um, and, uh, yeah, no, just, uh, enjoy the fact that you've come on. We really appreciate it. So, uh, your story is great Thanks, and, um, we will, uh, talk soon. Bye for now. That was another episode of the underground. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on any future episodes. Also follow Justin on Facebook and see what he's up to in the real estate world at Justin Long Carrick. and check out what Ryan is doing on the ice at more dot hockey.